Hello. <laughs> be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid of the day that God has put just before you. Be an authentic, bold, and courageous pursuit of him all the days of your life. Love with all that you are. Realize that those around you and those that you have encountered in your life are there for a purpose. If you remember anything that I say today, let, be, let that be what sticks in your mind. My name is Andrea Edwards. I am 22 years old and a communication major and senior here at Crown College. My story began September 15th, 1997. I was born and raised in Minnesota in a Christian home, and I'm the oldest of three kids. I have a younger brother named Avery, who's 20, and a younger sister named Elise, who's 18. For as long as I can remember, my family was always loving and serving Christ. Jesus Loves Me was my favorite song as a kid, right next to Frank Sinatra's Fly Me to the Moon. <laughs> my siblings and I would grab all of our little instruments as kids and put on praise and worship shows featuring the latest Hillsong Kids songs, for my parents, and all three of us were in kids' church choir. I went to private Christian school at Christian Life Academy from third grade until I graduated high school. It wasn't until I was about eight years old that I realized that not everybody in the world was a Christian. This was wild to me. I had no idea that that was even a possibility for people. How could you not believe in Jesus? What did you celebrate on Christmas if you didn't believe in Jesus? What did you believe in in general if you didn't believe in Jesus? These are the questions that ran through my head at eight years old. Some might call that naive or sheltered, but I call that pretty blessed. Christ was so rooted within me at eight years old that it broke my heart to think that people around the world or people who just lived down the street in the same town as me didn't know Jesus. I could never wrap my head around it. I wanted people to know him and to know the purpose that he had for them. Even though I had this passion in my heart at eight years old and this message stirring within my heart, there was one problem. I was terrified. I was terrified of people, terrified to talk, and I knew that there was always something that I wanted to say but was always too afraid to say it. Eight-year-old Andrea grew up and entered middle school, which was really just moving out to the other building, which was a glorified trailer in the back of the main building of Christian Life Academy where 7th through 12th graders met. There were 8 to 18 kids in my class throughout my entire time at Christian Life, and I was always known as the shy but not just shy, not just shy, but silent one of my class. There were eight of us who had been together the entire time, and that was always my label. I knew that that was not who I was, though. I was not just silent and shy. I knew that I didn't have to be confined to just sitting in the back. I knew that I loved to talk. I knew that I loved to tell stories and to make people laugh, but I was so scared that if I was anything else but silent, people wouldn't know what to do. So, I remained that way, confined in a little box, just waiting until the day that I was brave enough to show people who God had really created me to be. Years of silence passed, and it wasn't until I was 13 that the bravery began to make its way in. We had been talking about our faith and began to, and we had been talking about our faith and making it our own. I had thought to myself over this time how I had never really done that. I had just kind of been living in the grand, the grand example of my parents, and I had never really taken it on to make it something as a pursuit of my heart. Just a few months later, in a silent moment, ironically enough, a silent moment, just me and God, I made the decision to make my faith mine. Just a few months after that moment, I got this crazy idea in my head to run for Junior Miss Farmington. At this point, you're probably wondering where this is going, but this is a pivotal moment in a, for quiet me and the power of, that God was about to show me. Just wait. Let me explain. 
The Farmington Ambassador Program was an ambassador program that was just beginning again in my hometown. They had just added the Junior Miss Division, and I fit the age description. This would include me interviewing, speaking, on stage a lot, and lots and lots of social interaction. And if you've listened at all to this point, you will know that I was not good at that. Despite my overwhelming fear, there was something within me that said, yeah, you can do this. But despite my overwhelming fear, I thought that I was crazy. I still blurted out the words to my parents, I want to do this, and with a surprised look in their eyes, they said yes, and the process began. I was so determined to achieve this, but I didn't think that I could do it in that moment. I knew that I could not do it on my own, but I knew that God had put this little dream in my heart for a purpose. So I prayed every single day that because he gave me the courage to say yes, that he would lead me and give me all that I needed. I had never interviewed, never spoken in front of others, and any time that I did that over this entire process, I was almost completely stunned at how the words would flow out of my mouth and the confidence that seemed to overwhelm me. This was not who I was. It sounded like the person that I always wanted to be, the person that I believed that I was but was always afraid to be. The day where they would select the new ambassadors came. I stood on that stage just thankful for how much I had grown. I was just thankful that I had said yes, Thankful that God had given me the courage and thought that it was the end of the road for me in this thing. And now, I would just get to take myself and how much I had grown and not be afraid anymore to pursue the plans that God had for me. Little did I know, this was part of his plan, and I got to spend the year as Junior Miss Farmington. He took the shy little girl and showed me his power. If I had faith and strive for his plan and desires and trusted him, even though it scared me to death, Despite this great display of what he could do in my life and the power that he holds, I still found myself doubting. I later began to struggle with this idea of perfection. It was constantly what ran through my head. I thought to myself, God will only love me and accept me if I look a certain way, if my clothes are just right, if I do the right thing, say the right words, if I had lots of friends, if my teachers and coaches really liked me, or if I had the best grades or was talented in some way. He would only love me if I was perfect if I was like that girl that seemed to have it all together in my class. I had captivated this image of perfection in my head and never found myself achieving it. This never-ending cycle drained me, leaving me in tears and anxiousness that I might never be enough for him. I let my mind and my heart be fooled by the greatest lie that this world tries to tell you, that you are unlovable. How wrong was I? I thought that God only wanted my perfection when in reality, all he wanted was my authentic pursuit. So many of us are told this lie, and, what, and you know what? It works because we believe it and we run a million miles in the other direction. This breaks his heart because we've got it all wrong. Christ does not seek your perfection. He just wants your authentic, genuine, wholehearted pursuit of him despite your imperfection. Do not believe these lies. Do not let them be what consumes your life because they will steal you away from the life that you were meant to live. From then on, I did not want anyone else to ever be deceived by this lie. This was the beginning of Authentic Ministries. God placed on my heart this little dream at 14. Believe it or not, Christ put a passion within me for people to know him and for them to understand that they have a call and a purpose on their life in the name of Jesus. I believe that we were all called to rise up and be a generation of world changers. Authentic Ministries challenges people to live authentic and in authentic pursuit. I started this Instagram ministry at the age of 14. I posted pictures followed with captions of messages that I believe God wanted me to share with my generation, and especially the young women of my generation. 
Since then, I have been able to write and create video content for other ministries, and I've been able to speak because of the connections that I've made. It's been a sturdy, a steady journey with Authentic Ministries, and I know that God is continually moving in that dream that he placed in me at 14. I know that this is just the beginning, and since then, I've seen God's intentionality in, his, in my life with the people and the places that he has brought me. I would say that that started, again, at the age of 14. I started volunteering at our local care center, and at the age of 14, my best friend was 86. Her name was Ruby. She was a resident at our local nursing home that I volunteered at. Ruby was one of the prettiest, most joy-filled ladies that you have ever seen. I would go almost every Wednesday after school and almost all the days of my summer break and spend my days with her. The second I would get there, she would smile big, give me the biggest tug, and say, my day is made. My girl is here. Then she would hold my hand the entire time and not let go until I had to leave and promise her that I would be back soon. God knew that I needed Ruby. Middle school is hard, but God used Ruby to show me the power in making people feel valued and by letting them know how special they are to you. She showed me to always greet people with the biggest smile and genuine joy to see people because sometimes that is all that they need. That was the first way that I saw God's intentionality in the people that he brings into your life. Ruby was only in my life for a year, but I am so thankful for that year, so thankful for my 86-year-old best friend. God used Ruby to teach me something that will last all my life. Then, God taught me that no matter your age, you can make an impact. 1 Timothy 4.12 is a verse that I have essentially carried in my pocket for my entire life. It says, do not let them look down on you because you are young, but be an example for believers in word and conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and by the way that you live. I knew this verse, but I didn't believe that I could ever be an example for other believers. But I still held this verse close. When I was 16, I had the opportunity to become the National Day of Prayer Coordinator for my hometown of Farmington. I wasn't in any sports, and I just worked a part-time job after school a few days a week. So I decided to give it a go. I was able to plan three National Day of Prayer events as the coordinator, and then go out to Colorado Springs to be a part of the National Planning Summit for the National National Day of Prayer. I was the youngest one there by about 25 years, but it was still incredible. The conversations that I was able to have there with the people all, with people all over the country were amazing. I loved seeing people come together for one purpose, him. They had the same passion that eight-year-old Andrea had. They just wanted people to know Jesus. People had approached me several times throughout the week saying that they were scared for my generation and felt like they had failed because they didn't think that the name of Jesus would live on beyond them. That reignited a fire within me to not let my generation miss our call, to not let my generation miss out on the plans that God has for us, to not let another person live their life without a passion in their heart to authentically pursue Christ and live for him. Those conversations were powerful. I came back to Minnesota and I kept posting on that little Instagram ministry page with a new reignited passion in my heart. A little while later, a friend sent me a message saying that she went to college with Steve Harvey's associate producer and was looking for someone who was firm in faith and would be willing to offer perspective on a student debate. The first thought that ran through my head was, oh no, not me. (laughs) This was for a panel episode discussing modern college culture and gender roles. Within three days of that message, I was in Chicago at NBC Studios filming that episode of Steve Harvey. And yes, Steve Harvey is the family feud guy, and yes, his mustache is in fact real. (laughs) That episode aired January 2017. 
I got to talk about Jesus on national television. 52 million people got to hear the name of Jesus, whether they were intentionally listening or not. His name still rang through their ears. Why did God use me for that? A question that still runs through my head, but one that I might never have the answer to. It was an intimidating experience because it wasn't just Christians. The panel was made up of students from across the country with different views and different beliefs. It was challenging at times because I just wanted to cave and let them make me believe what they believed because they were older than me and had more experience in college. I was just a freshman. I had to remind myself, though, that I was not there to prove anything or show anybody up, and this was not about me. This is about remaining true to him and being bold and courageous and not be overcome with fear. I needed to stand firm for his legacy not mine. Now I'm going to take a step back into high school. This was the time that God really worked in my life to build the passion that I have to empower young women to live authentic. Picture this, a royal blue polo, khaki pants, a black sweater vest, red converse, and a short, uneven haircut. This describes how I looked every single day from ninth to 10th grade. It wasn't the cutest outfit, anyway. So there were 18 kids in my class. I had 10 boys and eight girls. If I'm being honest, I did not really fit anywhere in this 18. I like to refer to myself as the floater. I had a solid group. I never had a solid group and just kind of went wherever my day led me. I remember sitting at school lunches, kind of in a daze. I looked over to the group of 7th and 8th grade girls that were sitting across the gym at another lunch table. I remembered back to when I was their age and the older girls would come and sit with us. So... In the middle of my junior year, I decided to not use my lunch to mindlessly mindlessly scroll through my phone anymore. I thought that I would instead go and sit with that group of 7th and 8th grade girls, just like the older girls did with me. God used that time in such a special way. God allowed for special relationships in those lunchtime conversations. These conversations ended up going beyond the CLA lunchroom, and I found myself taking a few of them out for frozen yogurt dates every once in a while. I was able to hear the doubts and the fears and the dreams of middle school girls and just get to listen to them talk. I got to hear their hearts. Their stories and their big dreams inspired me to keep pursuing my own because not only were they watching, but they reminded me that God gives you those dreams and you shouldn't waste them. Now fast forward back to college. 2016 was the year that my story started here at Crown. When I toured, I did not really pay attention because I had it in my head that I was not going to come here. A few months later, the day that I had to decide where I was going to school came, and for some reason, Crown popped back into my head. And now, here we are, four years later. The summer of 2016 ended, and move-in day had arrived. I cried all the way here. Not because I was going to miss my family, but to me, Crown was the end of the earth, middle of nowhere, and Target was so far away. I did not think that I could make it. (laughs) I did not want to stay here. And I made that very clear in my Welcome Week group. I sat there and did not smile once. Yet somehow, three girls and this really cute boy still wanted to be my friend. So, (laughs) here we are. I don't know how we got here, but by day three of being here, God softened my heart. He gave me a piece about being here. Eventually, I started to call this place my second home. I had friends who for the longest time called the quad. It felt right here. I could not tell, I could tell that God was up to something good, and I, would, I had no idea how much I would grow. My first few months here, I felt like I was who God wanted me to be. I was confident in me, in my faith. God filled me with a courage that I had never had to just be myself. I was not afraid to make friends and pursue new things with all that I was. 
In the last four years, I have not changed but grown for the better. The greatest lesson that I have learned here at Crown is how to love. God did this through my three initial friends that I made here and through Caleb. God brought me friends. Each of them that I have gained and encountered here are so different from me. We are all different in personality, in background, in interests, in phases of life. But despite that, by the grace of God, we work so well. I used to think that I could only be friends with people who are just like me. God used them to show me that sometimes your best friends are the people in your life who could not be more different than you. Thank God for that because I don't think that I could have made it without them. Caleb taught me how to love in a special way too. I used to be so stuck up about who I deemed lovable. I had such a hard time breaking walls down and was so judgmental and so caught up in looking at who I thought was lovable because of what they did or who they associated with. God used Caleb to show me that that shouldn't matter. He showed me that by the way that he literally loves everyone, no matter what. Because of Christians, because as Christians, we are not perfect either. Who are we to say is worthy of being loved and who is not? If Christians aren't willing to love those who don't yet know Christ, then how will they ever know him if we're not willing to show them who he is? Love those who are unlovable because that is just what Christ did. God did so much with who he brought into my life in that first year. And in my junior year, he kept showing me more and more about who he was. And he did that through a sport. Soccer. Soccer was something that I never, ever, ever thought that I would do. But it is one of the greatest things that God has ever brought into my life. I don't think that the team realizes how much of an impact they have made on my life. Nor did they realize how much I needed them. Stacy, Jamie, Jerry, Katie, and my teammates welcomed me into the soccer family with open arms. They never gave up on me, and they showed me that I was capable, more capable than I ever thought that I was. This taught me the value of investing in people and showing them that they are worth it. God does this with us. He is patient. He stands by you always. He shows us our worth, and he never leaves us behind. They were the hands and feet of Jesus to me in my life through the game of soccer. That goes to show you how God uses the random things in your life to teach you and guide you and to show you the qualities of his character through the people and the places that he brings you in life. Now today, I wake up and I say, Lord, lead me. Let them see you in me. Let me be bold and love like you. Let me always live in authentic pursuit of you. I am in a season of waiting as I approach graduation and watch the next steps of life unfold. Still, with a passion for authentic pursuit and a passion for this generation, but even more, a desire that all who live will know Jesus. I step into each day with courage and with a fire within me, a confidence that is only within me because of Christ. Now that you have heard my story up to this point in my life, highlights of the people and the places that God has with full intentionality taken me. What I believe that God wants in the sharing of our testimony is not just the highs and the lows and all their specifics. It is the moments that reveal his character. It is the overall intricate and hand-designed unique story that he has handcrafted for each and every one of us individually. It is recognizing his goodness within the highs and the lows. It is seeing the little pieces of Christ, who he is in the simple everyday mundane parts of life. It is learning from the day before you and courageously pursuing the next one. It is about loving like Jesus and loving with all that you are, being thankful for the big and the little things and all of the moments in between. It is being convicted and and empowered and doing something with that conviction. It is being bold and unafraid in Jesus' name. It is recognizing that this life is not about you. 
It is not about your pride but being willing to set it aside, set it aside for a greater purpose. It is learning to be kingdom-minded and knowing that life is not about your legacy, but simply that those that you encounter would know him by the way that you lived. Find those who in office in authenticity will stand by you in authentic pursuit through this life. Authentically pursue him. He is not seeking your perfection. He desires for your authentic, wholehearted pursuit of him and the life that he has for you. So again, I'll say, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid of the day that God has put before you. Be an authentic, bold, and courageous pursuit of him all the days of your life. Love with all that you are. Realize that those that you have encountered in your life are there for a purpose. If you remember anything that I say today, let that be what sticks with you.